consistency matters, especially when we talk about diabetes. The more consistent you are with checking your blood sugars, being on top of your blood sugars, being able to predict what your blood sugars are going to do based off of the food that you're eating, the, the water that you're drinking, the sleep that you're getting, the exercise that you're getting. What do you value when it comes to food? For me, the number one thing, the number one thing that I value when it comes to food is um, quality. Welcome back to the Healthy Diabetic Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Coach Ken Kanis. Before we get started, please remember that nothing that you hear on this podcast should be considered medical advice or otherwise. Please always consult your medical team before making any changes to your diabetes management. Okay, I'm going to jump right in today. Um, I've been <laughs> under the weather, so my apologies for those of you who listen every single week and expect uh, the episode to drop every Friday. Um, it's Saturday morning at like, you know, I think it's like, what time is it? It's freaking seven o'clock in the morning. Um, recording this episode. Uh, I've been on the weather. I was really sick yesterday. So, uh, the, the final edits and everything didn't get approved for today's episode. So I decided to just sit here and do a quick one for you guys. Had it in my head, I was thinking about what I wanted to do today since we're going to wait to release um, today or this week's episode of, with um, our guest, um, but I decided to just sit down and, and record this one for you guys because it's it's been on my mind for a while. I've seen a lot of posts on social media about different uh, ways to improve your A1C, lower your A1C. There's so many different things, and I really think about... 10 things that you can really do to improve your A1C and improve your overall life with diabetes. Um, so I'm going to go through all 10 of these thoughts that I have, these things that I constantly am talking about, these things that I've um, pretty much put into place in my own management style that I coach people on. Uh, so let's dive into this. Number one, you've heard me talk about this so many times, this mindset having a good positive relationship with diabetes is key it's so it, it is so important think about any time in your diabetes journey that you haven't been in this place that you haven't had a good relationship with diabetes what was your life like were you were your a1c's good were your blood sugars good did you have fluctuating blood sugars most people that I talk to, I'm sure there's people. I'm sure there's there's people out there, and maybe it's maybe you're listening to this. I'm sure there's people out there that um, don't have the greatest relationship with diabetes, but do just fine with their blood sugars. So, I think that it's an important piece to talk about because it is a hundred percent the very first place that we have to start when we're talking about building our own unique management style. What is your relationship with diabetes? I want you to ask yourself that. What is your relationship with diabetes? Number two, goes into food. I've been talking a lot about food over the past six months, especially now that this the Diabetes Nutrition Master Course is now out. If you're interested in that, um, the, the link is in the show notes. So you can just you know, go to the website for that course. It, I've taken a long time. It's taken a long time to create that course um, because it breaks down 
everything that I believe that can help us improve our A1C, our blood sugars, and our overall life with diabetes. So number two is nutrition. You have to ask yourself a couple things. The first thing is what is your relationship with with food? That is obviously the, the that's the first place that we have to start. You know, we have to start our diabetes journey with this thought process of mindset and what our relationship with diabetes is, but we also have to do the same thing with food. Once we understand that, once we clarify that for ourselves, do are you someone that uses food as an escape from emotions? Do you use food um, as an escape when you're out with friends? How do you deal with food? Are you someone that values food on a high level? Right. For me, my number one value with food, and I've talked about food values a lot uh, over the past six months, and that's also in the course, but this thought process of food values is very important because it allows you to identify what do you value when it comes to food? For me, the number one thing, the number one thing that I value when it comes to food is um, quality. That is the number one thing. It's not price. Price is very important to me and price is probably very important to you. Price is not the very first thing that I go to, right? When I go through the grocery store, I'm not looking at price first. Price is probably the last thing I'm looking at because I have a whole process, an entire process when I go through the grocery store and I'm looking at food labels and I'm trying to figure out outside of the norm or the bare essentials or the things that I constantly am consuming and eating, Maybe there's something else that, oh, I want to try this product or I want to try this product or I heard that this yogurt was really good. Um, I'm going to look at the food label and and that food label has to get through what I call my BS meter. At at the end of the day, what what does it take for you not to consume this product? What does it take for you to consume this product? That That for me was a very big thing when I started identifying my food values. So nutrition is number two. The number three thing. So we've got we've got number one is mindset. What is your relationship with diabetes? We got number two, what is your relationship with food and how do you value what do you value when it comes to food? Depending on when you're diagnosed, depending on who you're diagnosed by. I've heard so many different stories and I know we just talked about three, but I wanted to go back to food for a second. When you think about food, it's important to recognize that it's not just about the carbohydrates. It's not just about the sugar. We should be looking at the quality of what we're consuming because every carbohydrate is not um, created equally. I could have a really healthy carbohydrate that has 30 grams and then a, uh, a white piece of bread that has 30 grams. The gram carbohydrate is the same exact but how that carbohydrate is going to affect one, my blood sugar and my digestive system and my overall health are two totally different things. So it's very important to understand that. All right, now let's go into three. Three is exercise. Number three is exercise. Exercise, I believe, is something that we don't do enough of or take into account of how impactful it is on our blood sugars. If you are an advocate exerciser, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Exercise is one of the number one things, I believe, that can improve your insulin sensitivity. And that's what this is all about, right? We want to be able to improve and heighten our insulin sensitivity. And what better way than to exercise, move every single day? Now, what do I mean by exercise? Because I think some people have this misconception about exercise, like, oh, I have to go run a mile or I have to go run until I fall over when I'm exercising or I have to do all this strength training. No, that's not 
what we're saying. We're saying movement, whatever that is for you. Movement is going to be different than for me than it was when I was 20 years old, right? My body's going to respond differently to movement now than when I was 20 years old. But your body's going to respond differently if you're 10 years old, 15 years old, compared to if you're 60 years old. So movement is the key. It's not just about uh, strength training, high intensity, low intensity. That, that does not, it doesn't matter in terms of the exercise piece, in terms of really focusing on increasing or improving your insulin sensitivity. Now, saying that, I will say, I want to, I want to make this a very clear that you just going for a walk every single day for an hour, that's going to improve your health, your insulin sensitivity. And it will also improve your uh, cardiovascular health because we're doing low intensity movement, right? Cardio is walking or jogging. When we talk about, oh, I'm going to go out and do cardio, that is not going and do inter- going and doing intervals. That's not going to Orange Theory and running at a 10% incline at eight miles an hour for 60 seconds. That That's not what cardio is. Cardio is low intensity exercise. And it's important to understand that because we need to be able to have a good aerobic capacity because that's also going to help with insulin sensitivity. Now, when I talk about exercise, when I coach people, whether it's a fitness client, weight loss client, diabetes client, whatever it is, when I talk about exercise, I'm focusing on the entire plan, right? We're putting together a whole entire program, not just, hey, I want you to go walk 60 minutes every single day, not just not... I want you to go uh, do strength training for 60 minutes every single day. I want you to go do high intensity two or three days a week. That's not what we're talking about. It's talking about putting all the components that we have un- under our, you know, within our disposal into an actual, actual plan that is going to work for you and your diabetes and your lifestyle. So number three is exercise. Number four is going to be consistency. This is one thing that I think that a lot of people don't understand or maybe realize is the consistency of what we are doing constantly is very, very important. Now, what does that mean? What does consistency actually mean? Well, to me, consistency means having good, healthy habits. That's what consistency to me means. No matter what those habits are, their good, healthy habits are going to ultimately improve your overall health. So consistency matters, especially when we talk about diabetes, the more consistent you are with checking your blood sugars, being on top of your blood sugars, being able to predict what your blood sugars are going to do based off of the food that you're eating, the the water that you're drinking, the sleep that you're getting, the exercise that you're getting, all of these components really focus, really work together to improve your A1C and improve your overall health with diabetes. So we got four is consistency. Five is going to be hydration. Right, just spoke a little bit about hydration, but hydration is is also a very big thing that's important. Not enough people, in terms of human beings, we don't get enough water. And this is what I'm talking about when I talk about hydration. I'm not talking about sports drinks. I'm talking about water. Your body is made up of a significant amount of water, and when you exercise, you sweat and you secrete water. Right, so we need to make sure that we're. Um, continuously rehydrating ourselves every single day. If you're a young athlete, I'm, I was have been in this position so many times when I was a young athlete. You know, you get cramps when you're competing in a, a meet, a match, a game, whatever it is, 
It's because most of the time, it's because that you're dehydrated. And you can't just start consuming water the day of your competition. You have to be consuming water on a regular basis all the time so you're not getting those cramps. That's just an example of why hydration, especially for a young athlete, is so important. So we got hydration, making sure we're drinking enough water. So for me, I constantly tell my clients that I work with to always have a water bottle with them all the time. If you're at the house, there always should be a glass of water that is full um, or filled up because you should be sipping on that water all day long. If you're at the office, if you're at work, you should always have a water bottle next to your desk. There's no excuses not to be hydrated. So make sure that you're getting hydrated. Number six is sleep. So sleep is something that we do not get enough of, 100%. Think about all the times that you've woken up and you've gotten, let's say, even 10 hours of sleep, but you're still worn down that that next morning when you get up. It's because you're not getting consistent sleep. So we went back, we're going back to consistency. Consistent sleep and on top of that, uninterrupted sleep, right? So we can sleep 10 hours, but have to get up two or three times and go to the bathroom, whether it's because our blood sugars are out of whack that night. That's happened to all of us. It's okay, but it's part of this process of understanding that sleep is so important. If you're sick, right? I was really sick yesterday, really sick, throwing up everywhere, coming out both sides. It was not, it was not pretty. And I was able, obviously, because it is the weekend, I was able to get a good amount of sleep after I was done throwing up everywhere. So making sure that we're getting good enough sleep and that's uninterrupted sleep is very important. Number seven is stress levels. Making sure that we're able to lower our stress levels in some way is extremely, extremely important. There's nothing worse for the body, especially for weight loss, than stress and whatever stress that might be. So I want you to think about the things that you enjoy doing because those things that you enjoy doing are going to help with relieving stress. Some For some people, it's exercise. For some people, it's hanging out with friends. For some people, it's you know watching TV with their significant other or their friends or whatever it might be. Whatever you really hone in on in terms of being um, in a de-stressed state, those are the the things that you have to lean on. I'm not telling you that exercise is the number one thing to relieve stress because it's not. For some people, it is. For me, I love to exercise when I'm super stressed, especially being by myself with my thoughts. I never used to like doing that because it, for me, being alone with my thoughts used to be like, okay, well, I can't, like all the, all the negative stuff that's going on in my life right now is coming up, coming up, coming up. What I've been able to do within my entire with within my journey, and especially the place I'm in right now, is be able to be with those thoughts, internalize them, and not just internalize them, but ask myself one specific question that for me holds all the answers to negative emotions and turning them into positive emotions, and that's asking myself why. Why is this emotion coming up? Why is this emotion coming up? I ask myself that all the time when I'm getting when I have negative thought processes that enter my brain in whatever way that is. So for me, that is one stress reliever that I really focus on when talking to myself. A lot of people like journaling. I think that's amazing. 
I don't like journaling because in my brain, like when I'm sitting down and, and writing stuff down, it makes no sense to me, but it's just the way my brain works. If I misspell stuff or if I'm writing my thoughts out on a piece of paper and then I read it back to myself, it doesn't make any sense, then I get super stressed out that I'm not doing the exercise in the right way. That's just the way my brain works. So I talk to myself. I like to talk to myself in the car and I like to turn on my phone. I'll just put my phone and talk to my phone like I'm talking to a, a normal person and having a conversation with myself. That really, really helps me. I'd be curious to know what really helps you, what helps you with stress. Is it exercise or is it someone else, something else? So lowering your stress levels is very, very important. Communicating with people, whatever it might be, how do you lower your stress levels? Because that is one thing that is going to really, really raise your cortisol levels. And if we know anything about diabetes, which we all do on this show, and hopefully we do, that cortisol levels is going to raise your blood sugars like crazy. So we want to keep those cortisol levels low. Number eight, what does your inner circle look like? And what do I mean by that? Well, I mean that your inner circle is the people around you that has have your emotional support whoever that might be, because those types of people that are in your life, whether it's your friends, your family members, your parents, your spouse, I don't care who it is, those people are going to have your emotional support 100% all the time. Now, there's two cav, there's not caveats, but there's two things I believe that are important with your inner circle. The people that are in your circle, the people that you choose to deal with or choose to be around every single day, there's two different types of people. One, there's the people that have the emotional support we just talked about, your parents, your family members, your friends, people that are really, really close to you. And then you have another aspect of your inner circle, which for me is very important because it has allowed me to one, learn a lot, a lot about diabetes, but also not feel so alone. When I was first diagnosed for three straight years, I felt alone, isolated, depressed, you name it, because I didn't have anybody to talk to. And that's the other part of the inner circle is leaning on the diabetes community because it's an, it is an incredible community. Unfortunately, it's, it's rising like crazy because people are being diagnosed with type one, type two still, but diagnosis of type one, especially in adults is rising like crazy. So leaning into this incredible community is a very important thing, right? So we've got inner circle, we've got the first part of your inner circle, the people closest to you, and then you got the second part of the inner circle, which is the diabetes community. Lean on those individuals. Number nine, identify what you do well and what you need to improve upon. I think a lot of us can say really, really fast what we do not so well. And I think a lot of us can't really articulate what we do well. Some people can I know I have had a hard time with that in the past because I don't celebrate my wins. I don't celebrate the, the really good things that happen. I get an A1C of 6.1 or lower. That's a really good win. I uh, overcome fluctuating blood sugars when I eat pizza. That's a really good win because that's really hard to do consistently all the time. So celebrating these hard wins, which is number 10, but we're going to get to that in a second. So identify what you do really well is really, really important, right? And if you can't really articulate that, 
I challenge you to, to get a piece of paper and just write down all the things that you do well. Do you check your blood sugars manually? Do you con- Are you constantly on your phone looking at your CGM? Can you uh, uh, identify the things on your CGM that is spiking your blood sugar and not necessary from food? That's easy, right? We can always say, okay, well, I ate this and I didn't take enough. Or I ate this, but I did take enough. So why did it? Why did I spike? Well, it could be your pre-bolus. It could be the insulin timing. You could be insulin resistant. So many things could go into that. So being able to identify those things, do you do that well, or is something that is is that something that you need to improve upon? So this thought process of what do you do well and what do you need to improve upon is very very important. I challenge you to identify both of those things, even if it's only two or three things for each of those. Right? I've got two or three things I do really really well, and I've got maybe three to five things that I need to be improve upon. And when you look at when I look at the things and I coach people on this concept, is when I'm talking about the things that you need to improve upon, it's not the things that my doctor says. It's not the things that Coach Ken tells me to do. It's not the things that I see in the diabetes community. I look at the things that that I know right now, I know have an impact on my blood sugars. Those are the things that I need to be focused on. Because if I, if I start focusing on, here's the example, right? If I start focusing on things that other people say that they don't do well, and I'm like, oh, well, shoot, you know what? You're right. I don't do that very well either. But it actually doesn't align with your values or doesn't align with like what you want your management style to be, then it doesn't matter, right? Here's the example. I don't count carbs very well. I just don't. I don't count carbs very well. And I think part of that is because I pretty much eat the same darn things every single day. So I've learned with failure and I've learned with success how much carbohydrates I should take with each meal of what I'm actually consuming. Now, if I eat, if I'm out in a restaurant, I'm like, you know what? I've never really eaten this before. I need to check. Then I'll go on my fitness power. I'll start doing some research about it. But at the end of the day, learning how to count carbs, I know how to count carbs, but doing that and putting that into my management style and doing that really, really well is not part of my values. It's not part of my management style. I just, I don't care. I'll count carbs if I need to, but outside of that, it's not the ultimate thing in my management style. And I know other diabetes coaches, I know other diabetics that that's part of their management style. That's part of their values of being a diabetic is they count carbs and they count carbs with mathematics. They count carbs with all kinds of the different strategies and tools. So that's an example of understanding what you need to improve upon and what is actually what you actually need to improve upon for your own lifestyle, what you actually want. Okay, that's number nine. Number 10 is celebrate the small wins. I say small wins because we're always celebrating the big wins, right? You take your, your A1C from seven down to 6.4, 6.5. That's a huge win because that that is you being strategic and working on things for three to four months or longer. So that's a big win. I think that it's important also to celebrate small wins. Like we talked, like I talked about earlier, Hey, I constantly have issues with, um, dosing for pizza. And this time for some reason, uh, it actually went really well. I only spiked up 30 milligrams per deciliter and it came right back down in range. Right. Um, or 
it went, it usually goes way out of range and then comes back under range. And I was able to keep my blood sugars in range. That's a, that's a huge, small win. And we have to continuously celebrate those small wins because that's also going to help with confidence, which confidence probably should be in this list. Um, but it's not. So confidence is an important piece with all of this as well. And when you celebrate small wins, when you constantly build up these, these small wins, we, and you can even call that habit stacking, right? Um, habit stacking is a really good way to build up small wins as well. But when you constantly build up these small wins, you improve your confidence. So it's a really important thing. So that's my 10 ways to improve your A1C and your overall health with diabetes. I hope this was enlightening. I hope that you, uh, th- I hope this list resonates with you. I'm sure you do a lot of these things. There might be some that you haven't thought about or isn't really in your management style. Um, but I think all 10 of these for me, I, I do really, really well. I work really well within these and it's these 10 things have really helped me keep my A1C under 6.4 in the low sixes, in the high fives. Um, so it's something that I've seen work for multiple people, people that I've coached. So it it's something that I, I would encourage you to kind of look at. Go to number nine and what do you do well and what do you need to improve upon and start there. And you can start crafting your own style. There is also... Uh, before I let you go, there's also a um, PDF product that I have. And I'll leave it in the show notes that goes through my five pillars of diabetes success. And part of this is is part of that five pillars. In that five pillars, there's specific questions within each pillar that ask you specific questions about your management style and what you ultimately want that helps you build out your own five pillars and also can help you build out these 10 ways to improve your A1C. I encourage you to look at that. And I'll again, I'll put that in the show notes. It'll be just the five pillars. Um, the more than A1C coaching programs, the 10-week coaching program is is still uh, going. I'm going to shut it off here in, in, in probably another couple of weeks, maybe as we get into the new year, uh, as, new, as more and more people sign up for it. Um, I don't want to overload myself. So make sure that you go and click on the more than A1C link in the show notes. Uh, there's also the diabetes nutrition course, everything, um, going into Christmas, um, for the rest of this month is going to be 15% off. So more on, more than A1C coaching program and the nutrition program are going to be still is going to remain 15% off. So, uh, if you're interested in that and you want some more information on either of those products, um, or services, please reach out to me. Um, you can send me an, a message on IG, send me an email. Um, there's also a link in the show notes to set up a, a free discovery call and let's just connect. Let's just connect and, and I can help you with either getting into one of the programs or just give you some insight. What are you doing right now that just you could do a little bit better, right? We can talk about number nine and identify what you're doing well and what you need to improve. You know, I'm an open book for all of you. I'm, I'm, I'm here to help the people that are struggling and I'm here to be hopefully a shining light on you to help you build your own unique management style. If you already have a really good management style, you have a good A1C, you have good blood sugars, you feel great about diabetes. 
hopefully you're hearing something in these conversations that you can just pick out and take away and add that's going to make your your uh, diabetes management even better. So thank you so much for listening. I uh, thank all of you for continuing to listen every single week. Next week, we're going to have a really awesome guest. Um, he's been on before. And we're going to talk a lot about exercise. And we're going to talk a lot about uh, what is um, how we really navigate our blood sugars during exercise. So it's going to be a really fun conversation that I have that I had with this individual. Um, so stay tuned for next week. Thank you so much, everybody. I will talk to you next week.